Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda. And I'm Pastor Seth. You're listening to Growing Hope, Living Faith. Welcome back to Growing Hope, Living Faith. We hope you are doing well. Yes. How are you doing, Pastor Seth? Oh, doing well. So, been busy, busy, busy. And um, yeah. so, I'm actually going to be starting a new job next week. That's so, good. kind of pushing towards that. Right. And uh, excited about that. And uh, I'll be able to work from home. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be a, kind of a fully remote job, which, uh, which would be good. But it's something I've done before. So, should hopefully be an easy transition back into that. And uh, so, yeah, look for that. But you've been traveling all over the place. <laughs> yes. And you got more travels coming up. Yes, I was in Pigeon Forge last week for the National Quartet Convention, and I did get to meet the groups that recorded a couple of my songs, my co-written songs, and um, yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed seeing old friends, and it was so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do you we recorded a lot of things and uh, put them on your Facebook page. So it was kind of fun because we, I got to follow along with you. And I think yes. a lot of other people got to kind of follow along with you and experience yes. it as well, which is really cool. I got to meet Todd. Is it Hillman? Is that how you say his name? <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, he was the winner on The Voice season 18. And yes. he's saying goodness of God. Woo, yeah, so my good. goodness, it was so good. It was great. And um, so it was kind of a fun thing to meet him. So this week I'm traveling to yes. Nashville, hopefully Thursday. And I'm going to write about Jesus is the single best uh, Christian songwriting conference that there is. It is so good. I've been going probably for 10 years, but I'm involved in a master class within that conference. And so I will be actually writing this week, not attending some meeting classes. I'll be doing a little bit of both. But um, anyway, I'll have to sing one of the songs that I've written. Um, And I'll do that sometime Thursday. So I'm a little nervous about that because, you know, when you have all your peers in front of you, um, it makes it a lot harder. But Anyway, I love it, and I started a new class at yes. Trevecca. It's uh, Theology of the Church, mm. and um, I've learned a lot. It's a lot of reading, <laughs> <laughs> so my brain is a little mush this morning. Yes. Well, that's all right. So uh, that'll be good. Well, that's awesome that you're learning and that you're moving on, and, and uh, even though it may be a lot, I'm sure... Uh, obviously you'll retain a lot and uh but it's good because once again it gives us conversational right. points and uh right. <laughs> which is always awesome yeah. and uh last week we were in philippians and yes. um we kind of looked at the humility of christ once again a very um very popular passage and um you know the lectionary even for this week it uh it continues on with this uh it's almost a continuation kind of of that thought process a little right. bit and um and so uh you know i just i love paul he's such a mm-hmm. um it's, it's so good. It's so important. Um, sometimes we can elevate Paul, I think, to a pretty high level. Right. Um, it's very, very important that we read Paul through Christ still. Right. And uh, sometimes it's, it's easy not to do that. But um, but yeah, no, I, I, just, I love Paul and, and what he says. And, um, and and this is this passage, I think, is one of the reasons why I really like Paul, because, um, you know, if Paul... Paul had any reason to be able to bloat and to be able to, um, I mean, he was Pharisee of Pharisee. Right. And I'm thinking thinking about Paul and the end of his life. And mm. when you get down to the very end of his life, when he's passing the baton to Timothy, right. he is still so um, in awe of Jesus and what Jesus did for him. He never got over it. Right. And I think it's so beautiful that he is still so in love with Christ and so grateful for yep. what he had done. And that was, you know, after all the beatings and the the imprisonments and um, all the, the bad things that happened to him, 
in his walk with with Jesus, which tells us that, you know, just because we give our hearts and lives to Jesus, that doesn't mean that everything is going to be just peachy. Right. But, man, we have learned so much about our daily walk Mm. with Christ through the words of Paul. Yeah, and it's so cool, once again, because we all know his conversion story, but to think about what he came from Mm. to where he got. Um, And it's so easy for us sometimes to look at people and to be like, man, they're so far gone. There's no way that God can get a hold Mm. of them or can make a difference in their life. And um, once again, I think shame on us. And uh, I think God always has plans for everybody if everybody will surrender and you know allow god to be able to use their lives and i think god's desire is to use all people's lives um but uh but man it's so cool and that's that's one of the reasons why i really really like paul and and then it's one of these the reasons that i think this passage has so much meaning because of where he did come from and he had influence in the temple you know he was pharisee of pharisee he understood the law he understood the prophets he understood um, or at least he thought he did. Um, and he thought he was right. So right. that's what's so scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, because he was so sincere and he was so sincerely wrong. Yeah. But, that's good. Uh, but yeah, he, there's a lot to be said there. You yeah. know, when you were saying, like, it doesn't matter, like, where have you been and all that. But he thought he was in a yep. good spot. Yeah. You know, he was doing everything he was supposed He was following the law. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> oh, that preaches. Oh, and we yeah, probably could stop right here and yeah. um, we could just talk about him. Where do we feel like we're right? I mean, that, that hit me right there because, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I think I have right. right. You know? Like, I think hopefully everybody right. feels like they have it right. But is it... Is it about being right or is it about truly surrendering and following Jesus? And I think that that's where the heavy, heavy distinction needs to be. And that's what's so hard because we, we want to be right. You know, we really do want to be right. And um, if we put that once again above the humility of Christ, mm-hmm. and if we think that we're so right, sometimes we can't allow Christ to move and work in our lives on those things that are right. Does that kind of make sense that we think yes. we have right? And so, you know, um, just like, Paul uh, it really took that conversion experience and it was a crazy kind of conversion experience, mm-hmm. but everything was on the table when, when that conversion happened and all of those things that he thought he was right in, he was willing and allowed God to move and work mm-hmm. in those things. And then suddenly he found out, Ooh, that wasn't right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, when he had the encounter right. with Christ, Wow. That's good. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be reading from Philippians. And uh, like I said, this is the mentality that I think that Paul has, and it's important for us to be able to understand. And uh, we're going to be looking at Philippians, uh, starting in verse 3, no, starting in chapter 3, verse 4, in the middle of verse 4. It reads like this. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Man, that's a a bold (laughs) statement to make. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, mm. as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Mm. That's that's pretty bold. Right. Once again, blameless. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. He has kept the law. Yes. Dotted every I, cross every T. Whatever gain, yeah, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. 
I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If something I may attain, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I want to read that again because that was that was a really, really good verse in two verses. And I want to make sure that we hear, hear it right. It says, verse 10 says this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Mm -hmm. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. <laughs> There's so much in here that I we know, can just zero in. No, goodness. Yeah. Of course, we've already kind of touched on who he was. Right. That he was one that kept the law like to, you know, to the, what, the nth degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But yeah, he kept, he kept the law. So yeah, he was a righteous in his own eyes. And then he says, yet yeah, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Yeah, so it's not that, okay, he comes to know Christ, and he still kind of holds on to that old lifestyle and that old way, old way of thinking and all of those things. No, it's it's all of it. All mm-hmm. of it has to go. Like that, his former way of thinking, his former way of doing things, It's he lays all of that down. And I think that we struggle with that, I think, sometimes, right. too, like because we think, oh, well, well, this part of my life was right, or this part of my life was okay, or this is this, this. And so if we're not careful, it's easy for us to hold on to some things, to lay down those things that maybe are not as uncomfortable to lay down, but we still hold on to the things mm-hmm. that we're like, no, that's that's good. That's in, And Paul's saying, listen, you lay it all down because right. it everything. becomes everything becomes about Christ and who Christ is and what Christ was all about. And we talked about Christ's humility last week, right? right. We're going to be hitting on that here a little bit. But man, we lay down everything from the past. Because nothing compares to knowing Christ. Yeah. Man, I mean, you have to know Christ means you have to study him. You have to have a relationship. You have to be spending time with him to know his heart. And, you know, and there's nothing that compares to knowing Christ intimately. Yeah, absolutely. And and he continues on like every, I can regard everything a loss because it's the, the surpassing value that there is this. This the value, like you said, of knowing Christ is so much greater than that of whatever we had before, mm-hmm. of everything we had before. <laughs> and that's what he says. Like it's, it surpasses the value of truly knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Like, right. um, and I think there's a difference between having knowledge of someone and actually knowing someone. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. He doesn't say knowing Christ Jesus, my friend, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm sure, you know, I don't know. It's kind of controversial. We we do have a friendship with God, but right. man, he he makes this very clear. My Lord, yeah, in yeah. other words, I submit myself to Your ways. I submit myself to to who You are. You are the Lord of my life. And the word Lord, you know, is kind of a weird word for us in our day and time. But it's like saying you're the CEO. Yeah, you yeah, are yeah. The, the person in charge. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. you are the one in charge of my life, not yeah. me. Yeah. So he makes that very clear that they're not buddies here, but yeah. but Jesus Christ is his boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? which is great. You know, when, once again, that's so huge. And, and essentially, to, to he's making that claim, like, to know Christ. Like, well, we, through Scripture, thankfully, we have some understandings of Christ and who Christ was and how he lived his life and the things that he went about doing and the things that were important to him. And 
you know, essentially this is, this is the distinction, right? That's the distinction mm-hmm. of like knowing about him and then knowing him, like to, to know about him. It's great to know all of those things. And it's right. great to know scripture and to know who Jesus was and what Jesus was all about. But there's this distinction that if we really know him and he truly is Lord of our life, mm-hmm. then we are actually going to live like him. Right. Right. And then he continues, I've suffered the loss of all things and I regard them as rubbish. In other words, none of that mattered at all. Yeah. This is in verse, where are we at? Verse uh, eight. eight. Yeah. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Mm. Mm. You want to unpack what does it mean to be found in, in him? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think obviously the opposite of being found is lost. Right. right, right. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, and I, I think it just goes back to essentially what we were just talking about, like to be found in Christ. It's not that we just understand who Christ was and we read about him and know, but like to truly be found in him, it does mean that we had truly have surrendered and we, right. we allow him to truly be the one that is dictating and, and, and leading and guiding our lives. And we live the way that Christ lived. That, that's right. what it means to be found in him. It's, it's to be like him. It's to be, I, I don't know if you, have, if you have anything else you want to add to that or not. Right. Well, he goes on and says, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. Um, when we think of resurrection, we automatically think of, you know, physical death and being raised. And I do think, I mean, he continues, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, but also just a new life of right. being full, fully alive yeah, here yeah, and yeah. now. Yeah. And it's a new right, right? You know, right. Paul, Paul thought he had everything right. He thought he had everything figured out. He thought he was right on everything. And that's, that's, you know, kind of what it continues on. Like it's this, my, it's this idea that it's no longer about my righteousness and what I think is right, but it's about Christ's righteousness. What is right to God? That's what it means Mm -hmm. to be found in him. Like, how do we allow my thought and my process of thinking, how do I allow that to be transformed? Well, it means I've got to surrender it all and I've got to leave it all. And I've got to, and allow Christ to be the very thing that begins to define, man, this is what's right. And this is what righteous, true righteousness really is. And as we do that, man, and as we have that faith that's based on, you know, like as we push towards that and build that and build that and build that, then Christ once again begins to reveal himself and then that's that's where we gain this power. <laughs> that's where the well, power truly really comes from. It's through sharing his suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's like, oh, <laughs> that's where we go, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to suffer, you know. But when we share in his suffering, I mean, we are truly living like him yep. in the world. And that's 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 great. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me that's like you're right, nobody wants to suffer. I think the ultimate reality is nobody wants to suffer alone. Um, for sure, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it's so easy. Uh, to think that we're alone in our suffering. And, um, you know, there, there was one who experienced, I think, that lone suffering. And, um, and so uh, the beautiful thing and the promise that we have is, especially as if we are suffering for our faith, we're suffering for our righteousness, as we are suffering, um, as we are found in Christ. I think, Paul, like you said earlier, it's that can lead us to a place where where we actually experience physical suffering uh, right. on a very, very deep level. Right. He was in prison. Um, you know, he, I mean, all the shipwrecks from going places to try right. to share the gospel. I mean, there's just all of these things, the beatings, right. the ultimately his death. Being hungry. Uh, yeah. Cold. Yeah. All of these things that he was suffering. Like, yes, those are were very, very, you know, hard and difficult. Um, but there is something um, about it that as we live this rightness, as we live this righteousness, then I think Paul knew and Jesus knew, right? I think mm. Jesus knew that if we really, really live this out, 
there may be times that are going to come where people aren't going to understand and they're not going to see what you're doing because if you're challenging people's ways of life, if you are living the life of Christ and, and, and calling people to something deeper and saying, hey, all that old way of life, all that rightness that you thought you had, hey, you may need to reevaluate that because that may not actually be right anymore. Um, and then when you do that to a people, um, because people – they don't want you to mess with their thoughts and their beliefs <laughs> and their religion and their right. rituals. We don't and, either. <laughs> you know, that's hard. Like I said, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like Jesus, he would, he went and, 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 you know, he was willing to call out the Pharisees and call mm-hmm. out the religious people and the ritual ritualistic people um, who were more concerned about their rituals than they were actually concerned about people. And he was willing to call them out. Ultimately, I think that's a big portion of, of why he died is because mm-hmm. he was willing. And, and I think Paul understood that. And now Paul is saying, Hey, when you live that life, Hey, people aren't going to just be like, all right, you're challenging right. everything I've ever known. Like right. you may be okay with not being thinking your old way was not right, but don't challenge my mm-hmm. beliefs mm-hmm. and my mentality and say that I am no longer right. Because essentially, you know, Paul's saying, hey, it, it doesn't mean that it's going to bring these easy times when you, right. when you begin to challenge systems and challenge ways. Right. And I love the fact that Paul is, He's openly admitting that he doesn't have it all together all the time, you know, by saying not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. So in other words, that is what he's striving for. That is his his goal, his aim. But he hasn't always attained it. You know, I think that we see a little bit of his humanness there, you know, in honesty. And of course, he may be evaluating himself a little harshly as we tend to do i think we're much harder on ourselves but that's what he says well it's so easy to romanticize the past right and we do that on such a deep level we do it in the church like man if we could just get to where we used to be or (laughs) if i could have the things that we used to have if we could if we could just be like the good old days if we could just be we romanticize the past on such a such a deep level and i think if we're not careful as we are living this faith Mm -hmm. as suffering comes then it's so easy to begin to question, wait, 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 wait. I, right. I wish it was like the old days, like yeah. where I didn't have to suffer, where everything was good, where right. I knew where my next meals were going to be coming from, where I, uh, you know, like, and it's so easy to romanticize the past. And when we begin to romanticize, romanticize the past, we begin to do things to try to get back to that mm-hmm. as opposed to really beginning to try to push forward and right. say, no, God has done something in my life. Christ has transformed me. And instead of, saying, oh, it was so much easier back then. Let's just try to get back to then. Or, man, it was so good when we had butts in the pew and we could, you know, had money in the bank and and all of those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those old songs (laughs) and, you know, the church looked a certain way. And, man, if we could just get back to that, that was easier times. Instead of saying, no, like maybe God's doing something new. Christ Mm -hmm. is doing something new. So let's push into something new. And I think Paul is essentially saying, hey, all those things in the past, forget it's rubbish. Like it's done. (laughs) It's done and over. I want to continue to stay in Christ. I want to continue to move. And as culture and things begin to evolve around us, how do we continue to push forward in the reality of Christ? And that's what's so, so important. Because when you, once again, when you begin to push boundaries and you begin to Mm -hmm. to try to challenge people, people are not going to like it. And Paul is saying, telling a people who are suffering for their faith, who are, 
man, embrace it. Like, don't look back. Don't go back Forget to what you past. were. That's right. Like, don't don't go back to what you were. It truly is rubbish. I should know. I've been beaten. I've been in prison. Mm-hmm. I've been in all of these things. I haven't had food in my belly. But I am going to choose to continue to push forward in Christ because it is so much better than what was actually I had behind. Right. He says to strain forward to what lies ahead. So in other words, it's put that effort into looking ahead. Yep. I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature, see mature people think this way. Yeah. Think this way, and if you think differently about anything, this too, God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Mm. I love that. There's grace there for people that their thinking hasn't quite got there, yeah, gotten absolutely. there yet. Um, so there's grace for that. But again, it's like forget what lies behind. And, and I think a lot of times we can... That's just a good principle to follow in a lot of things Mm. um, because we can't change what happened in the past. And, you know, and he could he could be upset and wallow in, you know, what he used to do and how he persecuted people. He could wallow in that. But what good is it? You know, we have to strive on like, where are we now and where are we going? And let's go for that because there's so much grace that God can cover in our past, he can mm. cover that and he can take us to a new place. That's in right. Him. Yeah. You know, the past is, is a hard thing for a lot of people. And, um, you know, um, the past makes us who we are today. It, yeah, exactly. But, but the past does not have to define our future. And, um, I think a lot of people, they allow the past to be able to define their future, um, right. because of things that bad things that have happened to them or struggles that they had, or like I said, maybe where they used to be that they had a lot of money and they had the houses mm-hmm. and they had the cars and they had all that. And so they allow that to be the very thing that begins to define their future of where they're trying to go. Right. And I don't, I think what Paul is saying is like, Hey, past is the past right Right. we can't change it like you said it makes us who we are right because that that made paul who he was his past got him to the place that he was and so he's choosing to own it right he's not saying hey that didn't happen or he's trying to explain it away or he's trying to do any of those things he's saying hey this happened this is who i used to be but man i am no longer that and god has created a new path for me and so i'm going to push forward in the reality and strain forward in the reality and press toward what God and Christ desires for me to be and be found in Christ and be Christ in all things. And that's going to be the very thing that defines my future and defines the, defines the direction that I am going to be going. And then as we do that, grace abounds, right? Grace abounds, grace abounds to cover the past and God's grace will continue to provide and push forward in the future. And look at the work that he accomplished. We're sitting here, 2023, discussing Paul. I mean, you know, I'm sure when he wrote these letters and when he went through this, he probably had no idea what an impact that he would make on Christians today. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he probably, I mean, you know, without having TV and internet and all those kind of things, he probably thought his ministry was limited to... You know, the people yeah. that he could see right in front of his face, and he probably had no idea the the masses that would be reading his letters for years and years and centuries yep. and be changed by his words. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's such powerful, it's powerful language. And it's such a message that I think the church today needs to hear on such a deep level And I think we find ourselves potentially in just different places. I think it's easy if we really are honest, I think it's easy to look at this passage 
and it's easy sometimes for us. Sometimes we are the pole that is blameless. We call ourselves blameless. Mm-hmm. We call ourselves righteous based off of our righteousness that we know the law. We know the prophets. We know the Bible. We know all of these things. And it's so easy for us to lean into that and think that that's it. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. And Paul's like, yeah, that's, that's, not, it's that's rubbish. That's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably rubbish. rubbish, you know, it's probably a much, much stronger term than, uh, than, than we, uh, than he, he probably used back then than we give it credit for, but yeah, it's trash. It's, it deserves to go to the fire. It deserves right. to be put away. And, um, and, uh, so sometimes I think we can find ourselves there. Sometimes it's easy that, you know, maybe we've made a decision, I think, to follow Christ. We're trying to be found in Christ, but it's so easy to look back and to mm. be like, oh, man, I just, I want what I used to have, or that was just so much more comfortable, or it was so much more what mm. I deem better for my life. And so, man, I'm going to allow that to be the very thing that continues, that, that I'm going to strive for in the future. It's like, oh, and Paul's like, man, just let that die. Just I let know. it go. I'm over here singing, let it go, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just let it go and be done with that. Like, don't, you have found something new. And and this is, I think this is the part um, that I just, I love. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. And we just talked mm-hmm. about what does it mean to be like Christ in his death? It's this humility. It's this mm-hmm. raising others above yourself. It's this, it's all of those things which we should be living out in the church and we should be doing in the church. Right. But it's sometimes, it's it's hard. It's not always easy for us to be able to do those things. No, it's not. It's not because, you know, we just have this, this desire to be right, the desire to be seen, the desire to be noticed, the desire to have the platform and all of those things, but none of that matters. It doesn't. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what Paul says is it's, it's much, much more important to go out and live this. And that's what it is. Right. Live Christ's righteousness, yes. live, live Christ's righteousness, live his, and allow him to tell you what's right. Like, Oh man, I just, like I said, there's, there's just <laughs> such a struggle that I have. <laughs> and, and I, I like, this is hard for me too. Like, man, if, if dude, is there places in my life that I feel like I have so right and I hold on to that so hard and so strong that I don't allow Christ and who Christ was and how he operated, like that I don't allow him into those spaces to begin to potentially tear those down, that those things that I really, really think are right. Like mm-hmm. I thought, oh man, just know that has to be right. That has to be right. That has to be right. Whether it's something that I think I've found in scripture or something like, oh man, and what are the things that I'm holding on to, you know? Sincere, that, sincerely wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, said, I think this is a great challenge um, for the church. I think it's a great challenge for where we're at. And, you know, hopefully as the church evaluates this, um, then then we can begin to maybe live life a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, if nothing else, I know I can probably live life a little bit different right. than maybe how I have been. Me too. And there's something to be said of living that resurrected life. Because when you suffer in those sufferings and you die, resurrection's on the other side of that. That's right. And it's being raised to live um, supernaturally as a person of mercy, as a person of grace, and, and all those things. Yeah. You know, we, we're not left on our own to do that in our own strength. Right. We are raised by Him to walk in the power of resurrection. And that's what that is. It's his power yep. of doing those things that are hard to do. And that starts now. That doesn't start when we die. You know right. what I'm saying? Like yes, that starts right now. Like it, it's not a, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to try to make it through this life to the best of my ability. No, like that starts right now. And we were even having a conversation earlier. 
that we don't, the church doesn't emphasize that enough. Right. The church doesn't put enough, enough emphasis on that reality. And that's what the sacrament of baptism is all about. Yes. I had to write a paper yesterday on baptism and I had to do some research and I found an article that was written by a Catholic theologian Ooh. and I was a little nervous. I thought, hmm. And, um, and it was kind of from a Lutheran standpoint as well. But um, what she said was that when we are baptized, um, we are baptized, we are initiated into this body of Christ. And, you know, it's symbolic that, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we die with him, we're raised to life. And, um, and she talked about what does that look like when, when you're dead in Christ and raised, what does that look like? And it was the same thing we're talking about here. Yep. She said, you'll feed the hungry and you'll, you know, you'll do all these things that we know that we're supposed to be doing. But that's what baptize, what baptism is. That's what we're signing up for when we say we want to be a part of this Christian faith. Well, okay, well, let's die to your desires mm-hmm. and let's be raised to live as his. And so... You know, I was reading this because the the phrase that stuck out to me that just really stood out that I love that she said, you are baptized to be thrown back right back into the world. And I thought, man, that's pretty big. And, you know, a a way to word that. And so I got out the Nazarene manual just to see. Um, And yeah, so in the Nazarene manual, um, the, the, I call it the script, you know, that the pastor is supposed to say as they baptize you, you know, the charge and all that. But it does talk about that this is a sacrament this is the means of grace and it it used the same language of dying with christ being raised you know like being buried and being raised to new life and that's what it is we are raised to this life to be thrown right back into the world Mm. it's not to to separate ourselves you know from the world but it's it's like we are being sent right back in to live as he lived that's right which which paul did that's what paul did like he was living a life, had an encounter with Christ. Said, man, that's not right. I'm going to choose to put all that down. I'm going to allow Christ to define what's right in my life now, and I am going to go and share Christ with the world. And, um, man, such a beautiful passage. And this is just a passage, I think, that reminds us of that reality and um, the, that humility and that way of Christ that we are supposed to live out. And our baptism is that, that very thing. And that's why, you know, when I would do baptisms as a pastor, I would always tell everyone out there in Church of the Nazarene, which, if you're not Church of the Nazarene, you know, <laughs> sorry, that's the tribe that we do know. We don't do second baptisms. Like we don't like continue to baptize people, but I would always push back to, hey, remember your baptism. Right. Remember that commitment that you made. Remember the reality of what you were saying when you were baptized. And maybe that's a great place for us to end it here, that as you are listening, I'm sure probably most of our people have been baptized. Man, remember your baptism. Right. Man, remember what it, what it, what you used to be and what you put to death. And remember now that you truly are a new creation. And man, follow in the righteousness of Christ. Man, try to understand the righteousness of Christ and live the righteousness of Christ. Put that all that old way of life, the old way of living. Don't go back to it. And this is where real living is. Yeah, That's it. resurrection life. That's it. But man, remember your baptism and and what that was and what it meant to you then. Hopefully it means the same things to you now. And maybe it may mean even more. That is our hope. We pray and hope that you've enjoyed listening to this uh, to this podcast. It's been a lot of fun having yeah. this conversation. And um, every week is fun. <laughs> I know it's a blast. If it's not good for anybody else, at least it's good for us. And uh, but man, we really do hope that you enjoyed it. Um, man, 
keep keep pushing keep exploring keep pushing forward press on towards that goal mm-hmm. and know you're not alone uh man if you want to reach out to us by email you can reach us at uh, growing hope living faith at gmail.com and we have a facebook page it's growing hope living faith podcast that's right so, so reach out to us we'd love to hear from you all right well be safe in your travels again and uh, have a good time we'll be praying for you as you're writing music and studying and doing all that kind of stuff and uh, looking forward to a future report on what that's going to look like Right, I'll give it next week. Y'all have a wonderful week. Grace and peace. God bless. Bye bye.